1: This episode is brought to you by Blizzard. Play Diablo 4 free
0: during the open beta weekend. Only you can stand in the way of the forces of hell. Play free March 24th to 26th and pre-purchase for early access. Journey through the entire first act. Battle up to level 25 as all five
1: classes. Adventure with your friends in four-player co-op. Descend into hell early during the open beta. Pre-purchase Diablo 4 now.
0: In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really?
1: Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team team ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart
1: is. on guys welcome back to an episode two of divots and pivots i'm your host andrew Leduc, aka real mr mallard and i am joined with me today by brad shandler from the pesky report and uh we're gonna bring kind of bringing you something a little different today we're gonna still talk a little bit of golf but I, I wanted to bring you a bit more of a real life episode today um so i hope you stick around hope you hang with us and uh just enjoy it so so brad how you doing today
0: I'm doing absolutely fantastic today, actually. You caught me on a really good day. That's always good.
1: <laughs> we got to bring the positivity every day if we can. So that's uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad you're here with me and uh, hoping to spread that positivity around here today. Um, so what I wanted to really get into today was, <clears throat> excuse me. So obviously, we divots and pivots, we always talk about golf here, um, or at least two episodes in now. But I wanted to get away from the DFS content today. And and more so, kind of relate life back to golf. So you know, as we all know, golf is an incredibly uh, mental sport. Um, And the confidence in your game, the confidence in the way you swing compared to the way other people swings, it's it it makes the difference. And no no two swings are going to be alike. And to to be able to trust yourself and and shut out the noise of everybody else's what they're saying, you should swing like is often the big difference of what's going to help you get to the next level that you want to get to. And um and I think that relates back to life. so that's gonna be kind of the overall topic we're gonna we're gonna uh, kind of ex- explore it in some different questions today, but I want to kick us off with the idea that I don't know about you. I know <clears throat> growing up for me um I even into college hell um you know, I was bullied a lot with you know just people kind of other men in my life kind of telling me like, oh make it, at least making me feel like I wasn't enough and it kind of took a hit of my confidence to where. When I thought about what it meant to be a man, I thought it meant to be this kind of—I was confusing confidence and arrogance, and that's not—that's not who I am in my core. And to 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 view myself as not arrogant enough is out, outlandish to say now, but I can look back and say that that's kind of how my mind was operating. So for me, kind of my premise of what it's what it meant to be a man and what it meant to uh, be a confident man kind of came from my own experience of how I was put down for being the man I wanted to be. And I'm curious if you've ever experienced anything kind of along those lines that kind of taught, like tossed some curveballs in your own head about your own confidence of how you wanted
0: to live your life. So <clears throat> I ended up growing up at like foster homes, residentials and uh, things like that. And state custody. Um, I, when I was with uh, my mother, uh, my stepfather was a drunk. He was an alcoholic, and I was pretty much the black sheep of the family like I listened to heavy metal death metal, and um I grew up like dyeing my hair, I did the whole uh, goth look I did the fingernail polish the lipstick sure. you wouldn't catch me dead doing that now, but I did, I did it too. <laughs> I mean, I was called, and I mean this in no disrespect to anybody who's listening to this, but I was called a faggot. I was called things like that. I was put down. My stepfather was huge on putting me down because of the fact that I I, I wore nail polish, um, lipstick, eyeliners. Um, I dyed my hair, like I said, dyed my hair, wore baggy clothes. So... Going from that into the person that I am today, like like I said, you probably wouldn't catch me dead wearing um, nail polish. I, I have nothing against it. Obviously, it did it. Um, it, it, and the styles that people. I'm the type of person like I feel like I'm getting to be like that person where it's like, get off my lawn. I see these kids nowadays, and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, what are you wearing? But it's it, it's it's kind of judgmental, but it's not being judgmental on it same on the same it's like i just want to know what it's about you know like back in yeah. the day when i was sagging my pants you know it was the fad nowadays mm-hmm. you have kids that'll wear you know wear their pants down to their ankles with a belt on and i'm just like what's the deal with that like i've actually pulled over and asked somebody and i was like hey i have a question and i don't want you to take it the wrong way <laughs> i just want to know Like, what is the deal with the way you're wearing your pants? And they, like, explained it to me. They were like, oh, it's comfortable. I was like, oh, so there's no, like, actual thing to it. It's just a fad. And they're like, yeah, it's just fad. I was like, okay.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think what's interesting is because I did the same thing. You know, I I, I went through so many different phases of my life where I was trying to, I guess, feel fit in or feel like I fit in. So, you know, I did the whole, you know, straight up jock, just gym shorts and, and athletics and then. Same thing went into a bit more of a like a punk emo goth phase, and then you know came out of that. Did the whole fraternity scene? Like I, I was always jumping from the next thing that I thought was gonna get me to be surrounded by men that would accept me. And what I think is interesting about what you said is like yeah, you so you can look at as and someone who's older now and has experienced those different things. You know, we can look back and think. Um, it's You're right. It's more of like from a point of curiosity because you know why. You know, at least I know why I did. You know, I dressed that way because, like I said, I was looking to fit in and I was looking to express myself in in a way that I felt like I could. Mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily good with talking, so I used clothes to express myself and right. and like that. And so you know how you did it, but you know to to look at other people that way. Now it can be from a non-judgmental point, just from a point of curiosity. Like I wonder what you're going through right now. That. Is and this isn't just talking about people who dress in all black. I mean, like you know, why are just for anybody who's acting a certain way? Like, I, like why are you choosing to act this way? Is it because you're going through something? Is this just because this is who you are? This is what makes you happy? And all answers are, are accepted, and it's it's not judgment. But I think just gaining that little bit of experience is kind of interesting to to look around in life like that. So I think it's great that you stop someone on the road and just ask because you know that's you start, starting the conversation is the hardest part. The,
0: the guy, the guy actually wanted to fight me, and I was just like, "Hey, hold on, dude, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm literally not trying to like start anything with you or bully <laughs> yeah. you or anything like that." Because I went through that uh, when I was in high school. Um, so when I was in high school, I was really into like the whole mohawk and like I sure. I, I dressed in all black and things like that. But I wasn't one of those kids that was able to like. I didn't have the clothes that I wanted, so I had like hand-me-down clothes and things like sure. that. And I got made fun of uh, because of my style. Like I mm-hmm. wore, I wore like uh, Levi's instead of like, you know, I had a couple pairs of Jankos, mm-hmm. but I, but because I didn't wear Jankos on a constant basis, and I wore Levi's, and I had Puma shirts on and Puma shoes on and things like that. Like right now, if I had Pumas, I think those those were the coolest things in the world. For
1: but sure. I also had a
0: I had a mohawk, and I got made fun of because my mohawk didn't go all the way down to the to, you know all the way back; it stopped <laughs> at the top of, top of my uh, head. So I got made fun of a lot because of that. That, that and I was, was just so might
1: cool. be one of the silliest things I've ever heard someone
0: getting made fun of for. <laughs> back then, I took it to heart. Well, now, of course, now, yeah now i'd be like you know i don't know if i can swear on here but yeah you can swear I, i'd be like fuck you you know like yeah. i'm the type of person like i'm going to dress the way i want i yeah. mean the only time you're going to see me in like dress up clothes is if someone of my someone like my friends or family uh pass away get married or i have a job interview
1: <laughs> other than that
0: you're going to see me work clothes and band t-shirts and when baseball season's going on i have I have like a hundred baseball jerseys other than that
1: uh, and band
0: t-shirts like even now i'm wearing a band t-shirt so
1: no and that and that's it is just funny that like because you can look back and say now like what you would do but you're totally right it might might be a silly thing and i didn't mean that to be disrespectful like to be like a silly thing to, for someone to make fun of you for but, no, but it's
0: totally it 100 is like back then yeah, it was a serious thing. Like when people made fun of you for what you wore uh, and and, and it, it's just having confidence, you know, like that's what yeah. you wanted to talk about. And yep. now it's like I can't grow hair. So I just shave <laughs> my head. I just grow the facial hair. So yep. if anybody wants to make fun of my facial hair, they can, you know, just piss off. <laughs> but um, I I can't. I see somebody with different hair and I always, I'll question it. I'll be like, Oh, what is that? Like, I don't know if you've seen, uh, the Island boys. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I
1: I just saw something on them just recently on Twitter, like within the hour and uh,
0: they're, they're ridiculous. I don't know what's going on with that, but (laughs) I, I think what they're doing is absolutely hilarious. And I think it's fantastic that they have the confidence to be able to do something like that. Exactly. But on the other hand, it's, I think they have too much confidence and they're trying to fight people. Like they, they went on a, one of the polls, uh, podcasts, and they were going to get them yep. into a fight. And I'm like, come on, bro. you like, you can't fight these guys.
1: Yeah. It's well, good to have, it's good to have confidence, but it still needs to be controlled confidence.
0: Right. You don't want to be like you said, arrogant.
1: Yeah. And then, and that's the thing, you, you know, we take those things when we're younger to heart. And if we don't, kind of process those they, they do just kind of snowball into you know you think when you grow up you're just gonna like forget about that stuff move on and be a, an adult and it's all gonna be you know all gonna be shiny roses and in your life's gonna fall into place and unfortunately you know what i'm finding out over the last year or so is you, you kind of bring it all with you. You, you if you don't tackle it when it's going on then you're gonna tackle it eventually it's like it's like chicken pox. If you don't get chicken pox as a kid, like watch out, you're going to get chicken pox in an adult and it's going to suck
0: 10 times worse. Like, right, right. Yeah. That's why parents always were like, oh, hey, you haven't had chicken pox. Your friend has chicken pox. You're going to go play with them. Yeah, go
1: have a party. When yeah. you come back I'll have the oatmeal baths and the, the cat whatever, the calamine lotion is that what it was ready.
0: I don't I don't even remember just who it was. Just the pink stuff that they
1: smear you with.
0: I have no <laughs> idea. Like I don't remember anything from the chicken box, honestly. I just remember the dots all over my face and stuff. I,
1: I had I have one memory and it's so weird, but I have one memory of the chicken box being at my aunt's house and just like on the corner of the wall with my back just up and down. <laughs> like that, it's such a weird memory to hold on to with the chicken box, but it's
0: it's like a terrible moment. sunburn.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's, it is. And so, but yeah, so, the, so yeah, I mean, so now we, we've kind of talked a little bit about what we kind of, kind of what we experienced as kids. It sounds like it's somewhat similar. You know, we, we were put in the position where our confidence in ourselves wasn't exactly fostered. And um, I know like, you know. I know you said you grew up in the system, like foster care and whatnot. You know, I grew up in a pretty normal household, mother and father. And um, But for me, it was kind of a different thing where, you know, my pe- my family was very involved in the church that was right down the street. Like my father was a deacon. My mother was the secretary at the school. I went to that school. Like so like growing up until eighth grade, I was like, you know, the golden child in the community so- because like people knew my parents. <laughs> so they like, <I> got eyes <laughs> on me.
0: Let me ask you a question. Yeah, so you went. So I'm assuming you went to church every Sunday. I did. Did you? Are you a religious person now?
1: Um, I am not Catholic anymore. I'm just non-denominational Christian. Okay. Um, but I am. Faith is a part of my life. Yes, it wasn't for a while after that, but it is now again.
0: So I, my mother, uh, and my stepfather were very religious, mm-hmm. and we we were brought up whatever religion basically um my mom lived she lived to like take from the church like the church would help and this this this, that the other thing sure and uh she had two kids didn't have a real good job my stepfather was a drunk and um so uh we had some i forgot what they're called with the people that knock on your door not uh jehovah's witnesses but um they were just
1: like, like Latter Day Saints
0: or something. like yeah, yeah, it it, it, was, it was Mormons. They were walking okay. around, but um, they came around and at this time I was like twelve years old. Mm-hmm. I was smoking cigarettes at this time. You know, what okay. I did was I took my mom's cigarettes and I like took the tobacco out of the box and left them in a, toba- in a ziploc bag and whatnot. They come into the house, they see this <laughs> bag of tobacco, and they just look at me sitting there with this rolling a cigarette, and they're like. <laughs> And they're like, should we come back? But I I was one of those kids that, like, I was forced to go to church. I yep. was forced to do, do the church thing. And I feel as though, like, I have nothing against religion. It's not for me. Yep. But I feel as though the reason why it is not for me is the fact that I was forced into it. And sure. I, had, I had to go every Sunday. And luckily for myself, uh, by the time I was 13, I think I got kicked out of church. And I was told not to come back. <laughs>
1: That's uh, when I was 13, I probably would have loved that (laughs) because I was the same way. It was like, it felt like that I had no choice but to go. Um, And, you know, there was a time when I was younger where I like really bought in. But then once again, that was something that I would get made fun of, like for trying to be like the, as others say, like the goody two-shoe kid in in reality, I was just doing what felt right at the time as, you know, as a 12, 13 year old, you know, (laughs) but like, excuse me. So. So yeah, but I mean, I was the same way. But then once, once I kind of hit eighteen and and went off to college, I was uh like I was done with church. I didn't go back to church until I yeah. met my wife And uh um what, what year did we meet? It was uh it was twenty two thousand twenty four two thousand twenty four I was I was to say we were twenty four when we met. Um, we uh, met in two thousand twelve. So she's the one who started taking me back to church and it was a non denominational Christian church. And, and that felt more kind of laid back and relaxed for me to kind of go back into. So, so yeah, it did get me back into it. I, I think my parents are now just happy. I, I believe in something, <laughs> but so they, it's they don't, always really,
0: good. They it's don't push that
1: anymore, which is good, but
0: that was, that was my biggest issue is uh, it was post me. Yeah. I feel as though if I was able to find it myself and, um, I would have had more, I would have been more interested. Yeah. Like I've read, I've, I've read, uh, you know, a Bible. Uh, I don't know which version of the Bible I've read, <laughs> but you know, there's so many of them. Yeah. Well, um, I've read the Bible um, here and there. Um, I know some of the verses um, mm-hmm. and things like that, but I mean, it's not something that I look by. It's not something that I believe in, but the thing is, it's like, I can sit here and, you know, as, as, as a man, I could sit here and say, "Hey, that's your thing. You you mm-hmm. want to do that? That's cool. Don't push that on me." No, one hundred percent. That's that, that's, yeah. that's the only thing. Like because of the fact that it was pushed on me as a child. Yep, I think that's the reason why I am the way I am when it comes to religion. Is like my mom made me go. My I had foster families that made me go and. I had a foster family that had me in Sunday church or Sunday mm-hmm. school. And the I'm school, just like, yeah. i I would, I would walk out. I would just walk out and then they get pissed off at me and ask me why I, I was walking out. I was like, it's not for me. Yeah. Like, what don't you get? Like you can only skip like Sunday school, like 20 <laughs> times in a row before like you get your message through.
1: Yeah. And as it is, the definitely thing, if you try to force it, it's never going to be well received. I mean, I shouldn't say never, but it's typically not going to be well received. You know, yeah, typically time,
0: when you when you say no or like you're going to do this or whatever, the kids going to yeah. do the opposite.
1: Oh, 100%. And so I think it's interesting that we kind of ended up down down this path because that is kind of like I think a lot of my a lot of my confidence issues as a man even now can can, can go back to that time where you know, I've always felt like I was pretending to be something that I didn't care about. Or I was, you know, I was doing it for the sake of to keep other people happy. And, uh, and, and, you know, never really feeling like I, I explored what I wanted to be in myself kind of thing. And, right. and when you don't do that, and when you, you hit, you know, 32, like me, and you're, you still don't know that, you know, now you got a wife and not like, I got two kids and a wife, like, you know, those issues start to come out in the way you treat them and treat the friends around you. And because you've never dealt with that and you've never, you know, how when you grow up and you're going to start dealing with the dealt shit, you better know who you are or you're going to struggle sometimes. Right. That's- if,
0: that That's a big thing with me. It's like if if I was to talk to myself back when I was 13, <laughs> even 16 years old, I would probably try fighting myself. Like if my 16 yeah. year old would be like, dude, what the what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, like I said, I I was always into like the different types of music. I liked metal uh, from a young age. I was Mm -hmm. probably like nine or 10 years old when I got into metal. And I took on that, that whole, like uh, that entire look. Like I used to have the piercings. I have the tattoos. mm -hmm. I have the t-shirts and things like that. But if like sixteen year old me saw me now wearing a flat billed hat, hat w- with like a baseball team on it, I'd be like, "Well, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Like, yep. I'm wearing I'm wearing Carhartt pants, you know? Like, why am I wearing Carhartt pants, you know?" How like, dare do you care. wear name brand anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not even that. It's just like it doesn't usually go with the image and I just don't care. Like that's not my thing anymore. I wear baseball jerseys at my, my last job I was known as the Boston guy because I'd walk it. I started my job and my first two weeks there. I had a different Red Sox shirt on every day. Yep. So, I mean, I, I think, so this is about confidence and, and it's like, There's a certain time, a certain age where you just gotta be like, fuck it. You know, I'm gonna do me. And if you don't do you, you, you're never gonna be happy. You know? Yeah. And it's not gonna
1: be any, any, but in default of anybody else around you, that's gonna be like, you gotta figure out the work you need to do on yourself to be happy. Right. That's the way you're gonna be the best for anybody else in your life.
0: Exactly, and and I'll I'll just give like a tiny example here. Yeah, like we talked about it just right before uh, we started recording this. You know, you know, in the past year, I've lost you know my my girlfriend. I ended up losing um, my job. I ended up getting COVID. I've had like such a shitty year, but it's like you can't just sit there and be down on yourself and. Mm -hmm. If you're down on yourself for too long and you don't have that confidence to build yourself, like get yourself up to get, you know, basically dust yourself off and just like start, start doing what you have to do. You're just going to be down in the dumps and nobody wants to be around somebody who's going to be, you know, I know people that deal with depression. I deal with depression myself, but I I do have the conf I have the confidence. And every now and then you you literally just got to say, fuck it. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It's what you do. You know, I was, uh, I was laid off about two weeks ago. And that was probably the hard, you know, besides a relationship uh, standpoint, that was probably the hardest thing that's ever happened to me in my 38 years of living. And I, in two weeks, I I got a new job. I dust myself off. I went like, I, I hit the floor running. I put I put uh boots to asses, as the rock would say, and I went out, put my resume out all over the place, and uh, I got offered a position at a at a job that i'm excited to start at and uh, I start my job on monday, so that's, what, that's where that's where confidence that's where confidence hits
1: yeah and co- and confidence doesn't mean that you have to be right all the time or it doesn't mean that you're going to make the right decision or the right move every time, but confidence also means that you're willing to graciously admit when you do make a wrong decision like it it can go both ways confidence isn't just positivity confidence is how you handle negativity too and and i think that's where you know i know for me in the past so like with me you mentioned it i also deal with depression i deal with anxiety it's it's a more recent journey that i'm going through but it's something that i'm realizing i can find examples of throughout my entire life but i'm going through the journey of exploring all that now um great And which has been an awesome, you know, transition for me. And I highly recommend Just on a slight side note here, highly recommend to anybody out there, man, woman, but I mean, to not leave anybody out, but you know, in this specific episode, I'm talking to you men out there because I feel like there's more of a a stigma for men to go and seek help and to seek, you know, a therapist, seek seek a psychologist, seek medication, whatever you need Um, that it's about you. Like, who cares if other people know you're going to therapy? Wear that, wear that proudly because I think it's. I mean, you don't have to run around and like shove in everybody's face that you're going to therapy. But I'm, but I'm just saying, if someone were to like ask you about it, or if it comes up to where it's it's useful for you to bring up in conversation to help somebody else and to maybe convince them to get the help that they need, like don't be ashamed of that. Like, therapy is one of the best things that has happened in my life to to kind of start me on a more confidence path, so a more confidence path. Um, so mental illness, whatever, like you can control that shit. It, it might be harder for some people, but you can, you can grab control of that and, and you can do what you need to do to live the life you want to be in, and you want to live. And that's what, that's the main thing I wanna, wanted to talk about today is we need to be confident to be our truest self. Right. Um, Cause for, you know, for so long, I felt like I was um, either living a like being someone I wasn't because I was trying to find myself or, that I wanted to be a certain somebody, but I was too scared thinking I wouldn't be able to live up to that. So then I fall back to,
0: you know, quite frankly, being a, an asshole. <laughs> well, here, here's my my thing is sometimes I, I've, I've put up walls uh, yes. to where I don't let people in. And sometimes I'm a um, person who, Tends to say what's on his mind, no matter what. Okay. Um, so I'm the type of person that like, fuck you, you you said something that pissed me off. Screw you. You know, still, I don't I, care. I can use a little more of that. <laughs> I I tend to try not to let people walk all over me, yep. and I've actually uh, I I've actually have dealt with this uh, on with our podcast. Um, and we started in March, and we've had. I want to say a revolving door. Uh, I want to say about four or five people have already come to the gun and okay. it's because we butted heads. And I was just like, I'm in charge here. Not you. I don't care mm-hmm. what you have to say. And recently it's kind of, it, you know, I've, I've thought about it and I'm just like, I, I can't do this if we're going to have a successful show, yeah. you know? Um, and I've gotten to the point to where like, okay, I got you. You know, you don't have to like respond to somebody as soon as they say something because they pissed you off. Take a mm-hmm. second. Relax. L- you know, let it let it blow over for a little bit. Get back to it in a day if you have to. Uh, yeah. Before it was like somebody would say something. And I'd be like, nah, fuck you.
1: Yeah, that's someone. Someone recently told me, like, what might be the greatest advice is to when you feel you're in a moment like that to stop and say, respond to don't react because I'm guilty of. So like, it's funny, like my reaction aren't, aren't as like outward and like forward as yours are. Like you're saying, you'd be like, Oh fuck you. Like this is the way it is. Like, it's like verbally telling somebody the way it is and, and taking control with me, my reactions would be much more like passive and quiet and, you know i would just then get grumpy about everything and then every little thing pisses me off and then you, but with that then you change the the mood of the house around you the mood of the room you're in with your friends and uh right. and then and that and then that permeates to the to other people and and you don't even realize you're doing it i mean at least i didn't really realize i was even doing it but you know for years you know i would hold in like if something upset me just to avoid creating a messy situation of an argument i would just hold that shit in but then I'd be also be, at the same time questioning like, why did I just get mad over something silly that my wife or my kids said? Like, and I didn't once again, I didn't get mad to yelling at them, but I just would like then get reserved and like sit back and and it, it all kind of goes back to that you gotta getting, have
0: getting pissed off at kids is probably the funniest thing. Um, it's, my my I'm nephew, <laughs> my nephew's a Yankees fan. Oh well, okay, so. <laughs> This is this is here's a funny story. My nephew's a Yankees fan. He was born in 2010, right? Okay. So we ended up going to uh, the baseball hall of fame together. Nice. And my nephew's kind of a dick. You're like I'm not even <laughs> gonna lie. He's eleven years old, he's kind of a dick. And and he's he's like me, you know. <laughs> if he's got something he in his head and he wants to say it, he's gonna say it, you know? Sure. So we go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, and he sees all the New York Yankees rings, right? Of and the, their little watch and whatever. And he goes, Uncle Brad, why do the Yankees have more world championships than the Red Sox? And I looked at him, and this is exactly what I said. I was like, Anthony, you were born in 2010. You have yet to see a New York Yankees championship. <laughs> Never mind, have you seen them make the World Series? Shut the fuck up. I said those <laughs> words exactly to a, to, a, to a, I think he was nine at the time. Yeah. But like, after talking, like thinking about it, I was like, probably shouldn't have said that to a, to a nine year old.
1: I've never, he, I've never,
0: I've never sworn at my kids. But It's not my kids, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> There's confidence there. No. Okay. Uh, but you, you know, my nephew and I, we we go back. My nephew knows not to talk baseball with me, because uh, he knows that no matter what, uh, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna shit on him if he has something to say about the Red Sox. But in fairness, so my nephew and I, we've uh, we've gone to baseball games together. I brought him to go see the Yankees. Um, uh, we were supposed to go see the New York Mets. It got rained out. Then we went two days later. It got rained out again. And then he was just like, "No, nah, I don't want to go." And then I spent, um, I spent four hundred dollars on Green Monster tickets just for myself, because yeah. my brother ended up getting uh, tickets to go on top of the Green Monster uh, nice. from one of his sponsors. Uh, he's a painter. Okay. And they gave him Green Monster tickets, and I was like, well, dude, this is my, this is my park. Like, I wanted to bring <laughs> my nephew to this park. So I was like, I got to be there for his first game. Yeah, so it's, we, special. it's a special place. So so we went, right, spent the $400 on it, got rained out. <laughs> the game was the very next day, and it was one of them stupid seven-inning double-headers. I was oh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so And then my nephew didn't even get to go.
1: And oh, that's it, a bummer!
0: Yeah, I was so pissed off. <laughs> and then so now, much. and then now, because my brother, my brother's a dick about it. He's like, "Oh, AJ's bad luck going to baseball games. It's always <laughs> raining every time he goes." Like, fuck off! Well, he hasn't played <laughs> on yet, so <laughs> we we went to a Yankees game and we saw the Yankees and Diamondbacks and uh, we had fun. And it rained that game he really is bad luck fuck
1: so just because i know you'll appreciate this side a quick uh baseball sidebar so back in like 2000 it was either 2009 2010 i want to say 2009. i feel you'll probably know the year was but so i went to um i was in baltimore and got tickets to see the Sox play in baltimore and um, it was when Manny Ramirez was on 499 career home runs, So I was like, oh, I'm going to like, there's a real good chance I'm going to see it. I was at the game and, um, and it didn't happen. Then the people behind us was like, hey, meet us here tomorrow. We'll sell you tickets. So, you know, I'm a college student. I'm like, yeah, why not? So I go and do that. I buy his tickets, go up there. And then I get to see Manny's 500th home run in Camden, which was absolutely fantastic. Almost lost my mind, um, but it wasn't raining and it was a fantastic game, but <laughs> Like that's like that's like my my best uh, baseball star. I was like, it was just cool to see history like that.
0: I think that was two
1: thousand eight. Was it eight? Oh, wow, I was even further than I thought. That actually might be right because I think I was a sophomore in college. I was a freshman in 07, So. Uh,
0: yep, it was May thirty first.
1: Okay, two thousand eight. Yeah, so that was the end of my. Oh, that was the end of my freshman year, actually.
0: What was your very first game that you went to, if you don't mind me asking? Um,
1: so, for Red Sox-wise, I went, went with a – was it with a school trip? I want to say it was with a school trip, and I went to see I, – I, I remember so we went to see the um, the Braves at Fenway, and uh, we sat way up in the bleachers, like, underneath the scoreboard, and I remember uh, drunken fans behind – you know, sitting behind this – row, these multiple rows of, like – third, and fourth graders convinced us to run up and down the stairs of the bleachers yelling, Chipper's got cooties for Chipper Jones. And that's what we did, that's what we did. and we felt so cool as, you know, like I said, like fourth graders. And it was My, fantastic.
0: So I, I, I actually I, – I've admitted this numerous times on our podcast. Uh, I admitted that I actually grew up a Yankees fan. Oh, and interesting. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting story, and a lot of people are like, wait white yeah we don't um, don't usually get converts around here <laughs> well i uh like i said i was in foster homes so yes. one of the foster homes i was in they were new york everything new york giants okay. new york Knicks, new york yankees uh new york uh they think it's the rangers yeah but uh i grew up in their household listening and watching uh new york yankees and to this day my all-time favorite player is don mattingly
1: Okay, that's super so, interesting, especially with Red Sox history.
0: <laughs> but I, I, I will never change that. I think he got screwed out of the uh, the Yankees organization. Mm. Uh, I'm a baseball fan first, but I'm a Red Sox fan. You know, that's like, I can I I can appreciate things. And I became a Red Sox fan. I watched Gator Mike Greenwell. Mm. I was sitting in my dad's house. We were watching the Red Sox. I watched Greenwell hit a home run over the green monster over on some lands down. And I thought he was the coolest guy ever because he hit the ball completely out over the the monster. (laughs) Yeah. Come to find out Mike Greenwell just had um, the warning track power, you know? Yeah.
1: He he got really lucky with that pitch.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So the
1: fact that it was Fenway.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So I, I tell that story to pretty much everybody when they say something about uh, baseball, but um, my very first game was actually um, the day before the bombing, really.
1: Like, so, the first time in Fenway, you mean
0: first time? No, first baseball game I ever went to.
1: Oh, really? Everyone to right. okay.
0: So, oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't st- like I was a Red Sox fan, but I wasn't diehard, you know, sure, I wasn't a diehard fan. I paid attention in like 99. You know, like I knew who Nomar was. I knew who Pedro was. You know, I knew who Trot Nixon was, you know, go through 99, 2000. I started paying attention to 2003, 2004. Got a lot of my attention, especially during the ALCS. After they won the world series, you know, I, 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 I got more into them. Didn't really get super, super involved with the Red Sox where I was like, I have to watch this game no matter what until 2013. Okay, I was working for uh, StubHub at the time, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to a Red Sox game no matter what. Mm -hmm. Bought a ticket. It was just a random ticket. Just happened to be a day game. And uh, it was my girlfriend at the time and two of my friends. We all went. It was all of our first time going to a baseball game. And we happened to go down on the field. We happened to get to go down on the field. I got oh, wow. to meet I got to meet Johnny Gomes, I met Ryan Dempster, got to walk, you know, take pictures. Uh, How did you get um, down there?
1: what was the circumstance to get down there? It was
0: just a special special occasion that they did for the for, for that for that exact day. Oh you know, wow. It was sort of fan appreciation day and it didn't say it on the oh, ticket. Oh okay. So uh, we all got down there and whatnot did that. like, my friends are asking me, they're like, Oh, who's this player? I'm like, I don't fucking know who's this <laughs> player. I don't fucking know. You know, like, no, read the back of his Jersey. <laughs> I know I ha- because at home games, they don't have their names on their jerseys. Yep. So uh I want to say uh, a day or so later, I find out the guy that I took a picture with was Johnny Jones. He yeah, ends man, up being man. my favorite player in the season. It wasn't because I took a picture with it. He was like just, my favorite player of the season. Just, he
1: was fun to watch. He just had right. such a crazy attitude about him.
0: Exactly. Him and Napoli were, were two of my favorite oh, guys.
1: Napoli was awesome, yes.
0: Then from that, that year on, I try to go to at least five games a year. Okay. Nice. So I, I didn't I, I did get to go to I went to my very first AL um a postseason game uh this past season.
1: I haven't done that before. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, this uh, the coolest thing about it is I only paid forty dollars for the ticket. Oh wow, <laughs> that's I, pretty <laughs> impressive. So, so I live maybe about two hours away from Fenway. Yep. And I'm just gonna throw out throw a throw number. Like I, I like say the game started at eight o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. I bought the ticket online at like seven fifty.
1: Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. that's shocking that there was still tickets available online.
0: Oh, there was tons of <laughs> tickets available.
1: That's insane.
0: And the coolest thing about that was is that was the the one where um, Kyle Schwarber hit the grand slam in the first inning or the second oh, inning, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah.
0: And the other cool thing is is like so everybody on the on our podcast is from like all over all over the U.S. So we got okay. people from Massachusetts, we got people from New York, got a couple people from Connecticut. One person's out in California. One's in Iowa. <laughs> excuse me. I got to actually meet one of the guys on the podcast and it was it was it was cool. It was cool. That is pretty
1: cool. At no, that game. Like, yeah, when you can put a face to a virtual face I should I guess like we <laughs>
0: We see each other. We see yeah, each see other. Each we other, just but it, We can't give each other hugs and kisses and, uh, and things yeah. like that, you know.
1: No, that that's that's cool. Yeah, that's um No, that that's pretty that's pretty crazy A uh, kind of sports journey as a as a Red Sox fan. That I wouldn't have guessed. So that's uh, okay. that's really awesome. Um yeah, I remember my my first disappointment as a sports fan was when the Patriots lost to Green Bay in the Super Bowl in 96. That was the first time that I remember like being disappointed by sports with sports I felt like broke my heart. <laughs> like I went to school the next day and just was sad all day cuz the Patriots had lost. Like so that's always like my go-to like sports memory. Like, that's where I became like a die-hard sports fan of everything where I was like I'm going to care way too much about this stuff growing
0: up. <laughs> Baseball is the only sport I give a fuck about. I don't oh, really like I, I pay attention to the postseason for, for football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care about basketball. I don't care about uh, I don't really care watched, about basketball
1: either. Yeah.
0: I've watched the Premier League recently because I mm-hmm. live on the USA network. But okay. um and like once in a while it'll come on. But I don't know what they're doing. I I don't I don't get hockey. <laughs> I don't understand it they don't fight as much anymore so there's they that
1: don't. it's a shame
0: and so that loses my interest right away mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's funny
1: a- It's funny that you, the fact that there's no fighting in hockey loses your interest yet you can sit and watch baseball that's that seems so backwards to me
0: <laughs> like you you want to see how much of a diehard baseball fan i am let's see it all and
1: it's all different teams i can tell too. yep
0: I have one jersey from every team, and yes, I even have a New York Yankees jersey. I have a Don Mattingly jersey, and I lost a bet to my brother for the twenty twenty season, and I had to buy a Luke Voit jersey. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> you know what? If if you're gonna have any player on the Yankees sure. on the current roster, Luke Voit's the one to go to.
1: That's fair enough. I I'm not gonna not gonna second guess you on that one. That's fair enough. Um, that is just funny. Like, yeah. So I mean, obviously, I. I write football during the season and obviously now I'm switched over to golf. We're not really talking about golf today, but
0: golf is like I just, just started trying to get into golf. Um it's uh it's it's a little it's a little different. I have a I have a pretty bad back, so like sure. I, I, I don't do it all that often, but when my back is feeling good, I, I have no problem, you know? Um yeah, I can uh, yeah. I can drive a ball after that I can't do shit.
1: That's what a lot of people say. It's funny because then once you start playing golf on a course consistently, you start to focus on like doing the other stuff, like the irons and the short game and the putting, and then you find you figure that out. You can't drive the ball anymore.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm terrible when it comes to putting my brother, my brother uh, during, during the season, he'll go out and golf two times a day on the weekends. And if he has a day off on the weekday, he'll go out maybe once or twice.
1: Okay. Yeah, I wish I could play. You know, I, I was part of a league this past year, so I was able to play every Monday, which was a lot. Because before that, for a couple of years, I was playing like once a year, which is not never enough to, one, if you really like golf, that's just not enough to enjoy it. And two, it's not enough to get better or stay consistently good either.
0: Oh, I'm, just, I'm just terrible. I just did it for fun. Um, yeah. my, oh, old yeah. company, my old company used to do a golf tournament um, once Those a year. Those are always and, so much fun. And I, I think they're called scrambles. Yep. We would do scrambles and I was the worst person on our team.
1: But, it's, but those are just all about having fun. Like that's what that is. It's, it's those are an absolute blast. I love those. And, and golf is so what's interesting about golf is that I think when it comes to watching golf on TV, it definitely helps to play golf yourself too, because I think you, you gain a bit more respect for like what, like when they hit an amazing shot on TV, I think if you don't know what it's like to swing a club, you don't realize how hard it is to do what they just did. So it becomes more exciting that you, watch somebody do it
0: I can't (laughs) watching golf to me is like watching paint dry if that That, makes look that's (laughs) that makes (laughs) any sense like no no offense like playing it's fun but watching it like that's weird to say because I'm a baseball (laughs) fan you know (laughs) once again it is kind of weird
1: (laughs) but no but I get it as a golf fan I get that um and, and that's, and that's all right. Like, you know, it took me a while to enjoy watching it too. And then one of the big things that got me into it was, you know, when I started playing DFS for it, the, the sweat just became real for it to where I was um, all of a sudden cheering for guys that I never would have even known before I started playing DFS. So that kind of, that is what kind of helped started to broaden my horizons on golf a, a few years ago, even though I always kind of knew what was going on, but um but, but golfer, I, yeah. I'm yeah. sure
0: that if I understood the game more, like using the irons, the wedges, and, yeah, and, and, and things like that, I'd probably appreciate watching it a little more often. 10%. Yeah. I mean, it's so like I said, it's so weird as a baseball fan to say something like this. But like, I can't watch somebody hit a ball and just like run after it. You know, <laughs>
1: that is <coughs> that is baseball summed up.
0: <laughs> and it, it really is. <laughs> It's like you either I don't know. Except it's there's like, more action in golf
1: because technically the second the guy's shot is over, they jump to showing somebody else. So you don't have the waiting the batter's box and pitches that I'm not anything. making it good.
0: I am not making anything <laughs> easier over here. I just <laughs> I, I can't watch it. It, it would be That's, like that. I bet I bet you it, to me and, and all honesty, it, there's a difference between watching a baseball game on on tv Mm -hmm. and watching a baseball game live oh and it's it's almost i'll I'll put this one out there too it's like i don't know if you like wrestling at all but not really yeah but watching wrestling on tv is a lot different than watching wrestling live now do you mean like wwe wrestling or like
1: legitimate wrestling okay yes i don't I don't, i don't i
0: don't i don't give a shit about amateur wrestling
1: well, I meant like, I meant like you know like <laughs> Olympic style wrestling like that kind of
0: wrestling. That's that's amateur wrestling. Well, <laughs> amateurs. Um, uh, no, my in law, my
1: in in-law, law's family is big wrestling family. So I, I, I'm not. I'm. I've been start. I've come to. I've gone to a couple of meets and it's not. It's actually pretty enjoyable to watch. It's pretty exciting uh, to watch actual wrestling. I, I won't say actual wrestling, but like Olympic style wrestling.
0: Right. So, I like to have the commentary. Like, mm-hmm. when it comes to baseball, so once in a while, I'll, like, I'll go to a game, but I'm listening to the game on my headphones, okay. you know, and, and people try to talk to me, and I'm just, like, fuck off, like, <laughs> I'm actually trying to, like, hear what happened, like, you're out in the bleachers, you can't see that it was a strike, you oh, know? Yeah. you can, you can ooh and ah all you want, like, it was a strike or a ball, but,
1: like, and all it you, takes is one person that bleaches to start ooing it on. And then everybody else starts doing this. And then you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it too. Cause they must be right. Right.
0: Like <laughs> Exactly. And with wrestling, same thing. Commentary. Like I watch wrestling. I won't go to a live event and I don't like mm-hmm. the live events because you don't, you don't hear that, you know? Sure. So at home I can sit here on my TV, watch everything that's going on. I get the, I get the commentary. I could see and, that
1: with wrestling that the commentators are also part of the show, part of the storyline. So if you're missing that, you're, I could see where you, it would feel like you're missing a piece of the puzzle of what's going
0: on. I feel we just got completely off track here. Oh, we
1: hundred percent got off track, but, <laughs>
0: That's but, fine.
1: but, but what I was going to, I mean, cause we, we got like 15 minutes left here. So like, it's, it's a perfect way to kind of bring it back to golf and like kind of the overall idea that we were talking about. And, and like, what why I don't mind that we got off track here is that I've only ever talked to you briefly in in the group chat, and we've never talked in person before. Um,
0: Technically, but, we still haven't talked in. person. But we
1: said, "Well, you know what I mean." <laughs> if I had a if I had a drama, but uh, but like like this conversation right here, though, like even just opening up to talking to you and then let alone however many people choose to listen or watch, watch this stream is just for me to have in yourself, like to just come out and start like, like you shared some stuff about your life that, that is vulnerable. And, you know, I, I, I didn't share details or anything, um, but you know, I shared about like my own mental journey and like, I never would have done that before. Like that's the type of stuff that my idea of a man growing up would have stopped me from doing, because that would have seen, I would have had this fear in me that any guy watching this would would see that as weak and would have, and then in turn would would not talk me, would not want to be my friend, and that's such a wrong way of looking at it. it to me, it's now, as adult, to me it now, as an adult, is. yeah, I can now say that uh, it's to share that and put that out there is actually a sign of strength. It's a sign of confidence in the right way that you know I am so comfortable in my own skin that I can put this out there and I'm not going to care if you want to talk to me or if you don't want to talk to me, that's fine. That means you're not meant to be in my life. And, right. and, and that's all right. Cause I, you need to surround yourself with people who are going to better yourself. And I'm saying this kind of half tongue and cheek cause I'm still not perfect. This is still something that I'm struggling with and working through right now. It's a big part of my life. Yeah. It takes time. And it's still a big part of my life that I'm working through right now. And that's okay. Cause I'm going to continue to work. So like if, if anybody out there is listening to this is kind of feeling that same way, you just got to take those steps of putting yourself out there. And and look, I was going to tie it back to golf. Cause you know, like I said, with the whole stuff with swinging and um, there's so many different ways to do it, you can get so caught up in trying everybody else's way that you forget to explore what feels most comfortable for you. And if you're, if your whole goal in life is to be the best version of yourself or someone that you love, or for a family or whatever what i'm learning right now is that you don't put the focus on on those people necessarily you got to put the focus on being the best version of you for yourself because that's going to then permeate to the people you love they're going to see that and they're going to react to that and that's going to get the result that you're ultimately looking for is what i believe
0: <laughs> i've i'm the type of person <laughs> where i've pushed so many people away from me because the fact that like i don't want to open up i don't want to talk yeah. about things you know and like i had um, for a brief period of time in my life i had a drug addiction okay. and i was addicted to percocets mm-hmm. and you know i'd wake up every morning i'd you know i'd snort some lines of percocets i'd go to work completely screwed up mm-hmm. you know i put myself at harms at risk by driving under the influence, going to work under the influence, working uh, on a pallet jack, and, and that. And I thought, I thought I was fine. I thought it was perfectly fine. And I ended up, uh, my dad got a hold of uh, found out about it. Mm-hmm. And when my dad got found out about it, my dad's the type of person where he doesn't, he doesn't show his emotions and his feelings and things like that, because he grew up, you know, in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, yeah. And, He, he called me up one day and he was like, we need to talk. I was like, okay. He was like, well, why don't you meet me for lunch? And -hmm. I was like, well, what's it about? And he told me, he was like, I found out, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, okay, let's talk. And then my dad and I talked about it. And if it wasn't for, um, my dad and a couple of my friends, I probably would have ended up dead because of the Mm -hmm. fact that I was just doing I was just doing this like so much. I had a roommate at the time that was selling me these, these pills. And I had, I had access to these all the time, every day at Mm -hmm. any point in time. And I talked to my dad about it. And my dad, you know, he was like, you need somebody to talk to. If you need me to, you know, need me to find somebody to like get you put into a, uh, a wellness program or something like that, let me know. And I will. And like, I cried over it. You know, my dad's showing yep. me that he cared about me and whatnot. And I mean, I still kind of, you know, push people away and things, but my dad, my dad and I have a good relationship. I'm a hugger, you know, so okay. like, I'm a hugger. I am um, I mean, I'll give you a handshake and whatnot, but if I know you, you know, I give, I, I'll give you a hug. Yep. My, I think, um, I think I've given my dad maybe two hugs in 30 years. Okay uh and not 30 years i want to say since i was 16 i probably have given my dad two hugs because when i was younger that's different you're a kid. so yeah but as as an adult as an adolescent um it's a little weird in that sense my dad's not a hugger my dad's a mm-hmm. my dad's a all right handshake you yep. know um i'm trying to get my dad more into that <laughs>
1: What? But same thing. You can't if, if that's not what he's going to be. You can't right. force I,
0: it at the same time. I, I don't force it. Yeah. I do it I would, like I'll go over his house and whatnot, and i be like hug, and like I'll <laughs> be like, he'll say, "No, thank you." You, you know, yeah, it's, it's So It's more in a joking,
1: more, in a jo- more kind of in a joking way, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I get that. Now, if in we only have ten minutes, and this would probably lead to a bigger conversation, but I am kind of curious, just in my own exploration of like my own addictions to, to different things. Um, do, do you think you, you did it because of a sense of gave you a sense of like control over your life? Cause I'm realizing a lot of the things that I was,
0: you know, the, dr- uh, the Percocets.
1: Yeah. Like, but like, it gave you almost like a sense of like inner control over your emotions, over like the, your feelings. Like if, cause I know for me, a lot of my addictive behaviors seem to be resulting in times that I feel out of touch with myself and out of control internally, not from anybody else, but internally. And those end up being vices and escapes for me to, um, to feel like even just moments of control.
0: Uh, My addiction to percocets stemmed from my bad back. Uh, I was doing, I was doing uh, taking percocets because I was having problems with my back. I was in constant pain. Mm -hmm. And then after a while it just wasn't doing anything. So then I started snorting them. Um so, so and then when you store them, it, it tends to get you higher quicker. Yep. And and if kids were watching this, don't listen to that.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe we should have put the explicit one
0: on this one. <laughs> Sorry. Whoops. Uh, but um no, so when when you do things like that, I was doing it for that simple fact, and as as time progressed, um while I was doing that my fiance ended up leaving me. So I went mm-hmm. down a, uh, I went down a deep hole where I was super depressed and I was just like, this is, this is going to make me feel better. Yeah. You know, it it's, it's a
1: familiar it's, remedy.
0: It, it's almost like an alcoholic, somebody who, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to come home from work. I had a bad day. I'm going to have a drink. I had a good day. I'm going to have a drink, you know, sure. something like that. And then I'm just going to keep drinking until I get messed up. Well, that was my thing is like, I was in such a depressive state of mind, that I was doing it, I was I was going to work. I'd wake up, I'd crush some. I gotta stop explaining yeah, what like, to do. We'll just
1: say you took it.
0: <laughs> I, t- I I did it, and then uh, and then I would do my thing. I would go to yeah. work. I'd come home, do my thing, and then right before bed, I would do my thing, and um, there there it, it just became it became a problem. Um, I almost got into a car accident going to a friend's birthday party. Um, I explained to everybody there, I was like, Oh yeah, I just did this, this, and this. And they, and like, instead of going, Oh, good for you. I got the, uh, got, w- w- what an idiot. Like, why would you yeah. do that? You know? And yeah, in your head,
1: you think it's going to make you cool. And then you realize when you say it like you reach a certain level of people, the, you realize, yeah, Hey, exactly. wait a minute, like these people that I'm trying to impress are actually like, like they're not as crazy as I think they are. They don't want to see thing, bad things happen or wild things happen.
0: Right. They, they just want to have a safe, good time. <laughs> people actually give a damn.
1: Yeah. And once you realize that it's, it's, you know, it's game changing and, and yeah, I definitely want to get back to <laughs> back to, and, and I, you know, I, I, I pushed that conversation there. So that that's on me to, to, to kind of bring all those that's details, fine. but, but I, but I think, but even if it's not like your situation or my, like there's, we make sometimes decisions to feel like I said, for me to feel in control of like my inner sanity in my, my mind. And, you know, it feels good to, to have that control for the temporary, but then, you know, what it's taken me now, I guess, seven years to realize is that the effect that can have on the people around you, right? Like those eat, those tiny little moments of you gaining control are also tiny little moments that you are taking away from the people that you love or, you know, in one way or another, whether it's just attentive time to them, whether it's, um, you know, you're, you're just not being nice. Like it shows itself in many different ways, but it, it all, you can't have this without it, ha- you know, can't have a without also having B be a factor and right. to, to, to balance that to where what I'm now trying to figure out, which I think is key for a lot of men is to, to f- once again go back to finding the confidence to be the true self like so for me my true self that i've always struggled feeling comfortable with and having friendships with other men because i feel like it's just not going to be accepted but i like to be just freaking goofy and silly yep. and sometimes sometimes weird and maybe sometimes childish for my age like in not in like an inappropriate way but just in like a hell i think some silly stuff is funny and, I know. and you know and i'm, s- I, I'm s-
0: I'm sorry. I still laugh when I hear the ketchup bottle. <laughs> okay, so yeah, like, I'm 38 like, years old. If I go to a restaurant and I hear a, <laughs> through oh, a ketchup yeah. bottle, I'm like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, and what it was like, so I like, I like to be, I like to, you know, make silly noises and voices and and have fun and and not care, and like, I think when I when I got married, I had this this thought that, you know, if I'm Still acting like that kind of person, like I'm not gonna be like an adult, like I'm not right. gonna be able to be the husband or the the I, home, like the homekeeper, her father, whatever you want to call, it. like like that was the main fear. Yeah, but then in, mean, me, in running from that true version of myself, I became what i didn't want to be anyways and like not the greatest version of the husband not the greatest version of a father and you know and that's you what you gotta
0: be true to yourself is really what it boils down to and yeah. i completely understand when it comes to like fooling around and whatnot um my previous relationship i go out into public you know they had this thing on tiktok it was like oh yeah you know so <laughs> i know what you're talking about we yeah. go w- when we went out to public say to like walmart or something i would just be like you yeah, know, fucking hi, and she'd be like Brad, stop and I'm like, hello yeah. This,
1: someone would always do it back. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and and we started doing it. We started doing it at work too. It was so funny. We had we had a few people doing it. So yeah. I, I get I get the goofy thing. I do a lot of the goofy stuff, and uh, unfortunately, the people that I'm around usually gets embarrassed by it, and it sucks. Yeah. But it's like that's me. Like I'm the type of person. Like I'm goofy. You don't like that.
1: You- and as long as you know that, though, and you're not, and you don't, once you find you, don't change for, because you think it's going to make somebody else happy. I like, or...
0: I like, I like my beard. And yep. I had, I had a girlfriend who was like, when we started dating, she, uh, I, had a, I had a full, full fucking beard. And then come to find out, like, three months later, she wanted me to cut it off. And I was just like, no. And and this is something she, we should
1: have talked about at the start.
0: No, I'm, <laughs> I'm all set. So,
1: no, so yeah, so look, we, so we only just got a couple minutes left here, so I want to be able to give you a chance to 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 one plug yourself, and then if, if you just had like one quick sentence of advice to, to young men out there, just from your own experience, whatever whatever you think would be helpful to be said to a, a generation of men to help gr- you know really grab themselves and and, and be true to themselves. So just I want you to have a minute or two here to to say what you want to say, plug yourself, and do that. Just just go for it.
0: So. Plugging plug in the uh, podcast, uh, we're Boston, uh Boston Red Sox podcast. We typically, during the season, we will record an episode after each series um, right now because there's a lockout. We're recording once a week. Uh, typically, it's on a Monday uh, this week. It's going to be on Wednesday because tonight we've got the Hall of Fame vote coming out. Uh, and hopefully, David Ortiz is a, uh, for sure, first ballot Hall of Famer which if he isn't, I'm going to kick Dan Shaughnessy right in the ball sack or where his ball should be. Um, (laughs) You can follow us on all social media at Pasky Report. Uh, And also you can follow me. I'm on Twitter. It's BRSBaseball83. Um, I do go on there. I'm a little more uh, baseball-oriented in there. I don't typically talk about just Red Sox on my own Twitter account. Um, but one thing that I would say to the young generation out there, uh, let's just like, take it like this. Uh, my nephew's 11. So something I would say to him is I appreciate you for who you are. Everybody out there should appreciate you for who you are. And if they don't fuck them, you do you, if it makes you happy, do it. Just don't be a dick because being a dick is not going to get you anywhere. And, I mean, that's pretty much what I've got to say. You, you, you've got to, you got to, like we've said numerous times, be true to yourself. Because if you're not true to yourself, you're not going to be happy. And you want to be happy.
1: Fantastic. I love it. Well, thanks again for coming on. I really enjoyed this kind of impromptu conversation with you. I thought this was great. Uh, quick shout-out to Belly Up Sports. Quick shout-out to Tiki Live. You can find this on tikilive.com. Uh, Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern. That's the regular spot for the show. Uh, and then follow at Belly Up Sports, at Belly Up Podcasts, and at Divots and Pivots on Twitter. We will see you next time, guys. Have a great one.
0: Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, uh-huh, in my dentist's office.